So before we get into today's show, I want to talk about a few companies that are helping to keep our show up and running. First, let me tell you about the Direct Towing app. A platform for tow truck companies and self-employed tow truck drivers has finally been created for you. So I don't know about you guys, but my dad used to be my car emergency go-to. And now that I live out in LA, getting car help quickly has become a bit of a struggle. So that's why the Direct Towing app is such a lifesaver. You can find tow services in your area, request a pickup, get a detailed quote, and pay all directly through the app for your service. So whether you're a driver or a user, the Direct Towing app makes things way easier. Flat tires, running out of gas, or even just a simple tow, this app will connect you during any road emergency. So download Direct Towing or visit directtowing.app online. So there's a great Instagram account that I wanted to share with you guys. It's called Psychology of the Day. Love, anxiety, depression, life, sex, Psychology of the Day talks about it all. They'll cover a different topic daily and they also do weekly cash giveaways in their IG stories. So again, that's Psychology of the Day. Go to Instagram, give them a follow, and I promise you will not regret it. Vermont Organic Science CBD Oil Shop. I mean, who doesn't love the Green Mountain State and some cannabis? CBDVOS.com is a family-run hemp extraction lab out of Vermont. It's all USDA certified organic, and they produce the highest quality certified organic CBD products. You guys, I'm speaking from personal experience here. When you're buying CBD, you really can't be too careful. You wanna make sure you're getting the best stuff available. And that's why I love Vermont Organic Science because I know they're all about quality. So visit www.cbdvos.com forward slash shop and you can use the code podcast for 25% off the entire store and you also get free shipping on orders over $50. And last but certainly not least, we have the Disembodied Podcast. So the Disembodied Podcast is a non-religious tour of spiritual topics designed to help you live better during these challenging times. What I love about this podcast is that it's short in length, but long in content. They have quick episodes that offer something practical you can use more than once. So think a guided meditation or even a quick spiritual exercise. You can check out Disembodied by going to disembodiedpodcast.com. It's also available on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. So again, that's Disembodied Podcast. Check it out, you guys. You can thank me later. And now, on to our show. We are back. I honestly don't even know what episode this is. We've hit the point in the podcast where I'm losing track. It was like my mother when she started having kids. After number three, she's like, I don't know. Is it number four? Is it number 26? <laughs> I really have no idea. That's where I feel like I, my I think we're at 24. I could be wrong, but I think it's 24. We are? God mm-hmm. damn, man. That's not bad. No, time that's, flies. That's your favorite 
That's your favorite show, right? 24. No, I'm more of a CSI gal myself. Okay. I was never into, like, what's his name? Kiefer Sutherland? Oh, he's great. Come on. I just know, like, Daddy Gil Grissom on CSI Las Vegas, like, that's what does it for me. That's... <laughs> I hate all those shows, to be honest, but uh, Kiefer's great. Phone Booth, he plays the voice in Phone Booth, that's all you need. I know, and he was in The Lost Boys, and he was very hot in that. Yep. That's like a, you know, the 80s vampire flick. I, I don't know, I just He's feel... weird looking at that, come on, you think he's hot in that? Yeah, but I have, like, weird taste in men. Like, you, like before you mentioned The Joker... And I was like, mm. how sad is it that I'm more sexually attracted to the Joker than I am like Batman? <laughs> like I would drop or I would like drop kick Superman to get to like Bane, even though I know that's not the same series or whatever. Like, that's just the mm. truth. I, you know, I mean, that's my toxic These happen trait. to be very attractive people like Joaquin Phoenix and Tom Hardy are very attractive people. Or Heath Ledger. But it's not, you know what? It's not even the looks. It's just that, like, I need a guy that has an edge. Like, mm-hmm. in this case, it's they're sociopathic, which is a little bit too much of an edge, probably. But, like, probably. I, like, I would probably turn down Bruce Wayne just to get to Heath Ledger in, like, the Gotham psych ward. And that's, that's my, my toxic trait in life. You know? What can I do? Um, by the way, I know that I said I wasn't going to talk UFC on our normal show, and I, I do want to keep that promise, but I just have to say that the fights this weekend, one of the fights ended in 17 seconds, and I like my big joke was like that was the only time ever that I've been excited when a guy has finished in under 30 seconds. <laughs> you know and it's true but it's true like it's i was like holy shit like this is the only time in life where i'm like wow like it's amazing that this finished so quickly but can a guy go too long you know i once had an experience where i was having sex with a guy for over an hour but it like it wasn't fun like i i thought that he, i was waiting for him to finish and he thought that he was waiting for me to finish. So uh, it was like this miscommunication. He's going to town. I'm tired. He's tired. We both think that we're like hanging tough for the other one. And then I remember all of a sudden he was like, all right, that's it. I can't go anymore. And I'm like, go anymore. I'm like, I was waiting for you. And he was like, I was waiting for you. And I was like, I had no idea. But that was like too long. I was like, okay, this could have ended like at least... 40 minutes ago that's interesting i mean you look forward to the long game you know sometimes the the really romantic long paced ones that take up you know a whole evening no i like that like i'm i'm all for marathon sex like i can never just go once i hate that like Mm -hmm. i had a guy that i was hooking up with consistently who would always be like i'm a one-shot musket and i would be like oh that's like my nightmare (laughs) that's horrible that's what he said yes consistently and I would just be like that's see for me as a woman I'm sure a lot of women can relate like the first round for me is just a warm-up like after the first round I'm just like I'm like okay like now I'm really into it so to then be told like oh no I'm done every single time it's like it's tough like you know I'd imagine yeah um so yeah I just 
I don't know. I, I I mean, yes, there is such a thing as going too long, especially when like it's not like you feel like it's kind of boring. So I'm mm. all for long sex. But in this case, like I almost could tell that it was like a chore for him. And then ergo, it felt like a chore for me. Like, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. Like it, felt, it didn't feel like, oh, like we're fucking this long because we're into it. It felt like, oh, are we just trying to like set a Guinness Book of World Records and we're just like in it to win it type deal. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how it felt. It was not very sexy. Now, now shifting gears back to the UFC, uh, is it disappointing when you pay for a pay-per-view match and the match only lasts, you know, 30 seconds? Hell yeah, it is. I mean, this one wasn't paid though. This was actually a free fight. Um, okay. It was a stacked card though. I'm super surprised it wasn't paid. But yeah, absolutely. It feels like premature. I joke around all the time. It feels like premature ejaculation when a fight finishes too quickly and there was all this hype about it. I mean, really, but at the it's same like a, time, it's it's a great athletic performance. You know, it's a you know if, oh. if Conor McGregor can knock a guy out in 30 seconds, that's that's a, a big up to Conor McGregor, isn't it? Absolutely. And I remember as I was watching the fight, I hand to God, I said to myself, imagine he just knocks this guy out right away and sure as shit, you know, he hits him and the guy is just fucking out cold on the mat. I was like, holy hell, this guy is special. Um, Mm. He's going to be a big deal. And it's exciting as somebody who like, I feel like every person who gets into UFC finds that one fighter that they're like excited to watch grow because they're coming in at almost ground zero For a lot of people, that was Conor McGregor. And for me, I feel like it's, you know, this guy. I can still barely pronounce his name. It's Kamzat Chimaev. Actually, I think I got it right. But he is the guy for me that I'm like, I feel like I'm seeing him from the ground up. And it's it's like, it's thrilling. Um, But speaking, so yeah, so about the UFC, I've noticed the problem is though, when you are a very horny person, such as myself, and you've been going through a dry spell, Watching UFC is worse than watching women's tennis. Like, <laughs> it's like, not only is it the sounds and the grunting, but it's it's shiny, sweaty skin. It's, it's skin slapping. And then you have to hear the term ground and pound every 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, come on. Am I like a, like a freak for making that sexual? I feel it's like they're trying to make it more sexual. No, it is a very sexual thing. I would say, even though I don't find most uh, UFC women that attractive, if I'm horny and I'm watching a, you know, a, a fight between two women in UFC, I'm gonna, it's gonna, you know, improve my horniness. I'm gonna get even more horny. That's just the, you know, they're they're not wearing clothes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at one point, like one of the announcers slash former fighter, like Dominic Cruz, was like. These ladies are so flexible. I could watch it all day. And in my mind, I was like, me too, Dom. Me too. But for different (laughs) reasons entirely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it was fun. Um, I'm actually going home in a couple days. I'm returning to the motherland, to New Jersey, and going home to visit the family for a couple weeks. That's exciting. It's exciting and nerve-wracking all at the same time. Like... I love my family so much, but it's also like I need to be medicated if I have to spend like a, you know, (laughs) an extended period of time with them. It's just a lot. It's a lot in one household, you know, and I'm part of it. I'm part of the chaos. It's not like I'm like, oh, you know, I'm so above it. Like I am equally as psychotic as every other member of my family. But if you put all of those psychos in like one little pot, 
it's bound it's like a popcorn it's like pop 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 it's bound to explode eventually mm-hmm. so yeah now, are you worried at all about the whole covid thing traveling on airplanes and whatnot well yes and you know how i am i'm half sicilian so i always think i'm gonna die at any minute you you personally know at this point how crazy my family is so i am literally wearing what i like to call a makeshift hazmat suit on the plane I have my N95 and then I have another microfiber mask that goes over that. Then I have a face shield. Then I have my sweatshirt with a hood that I'm going to put over and use to create a seal around the face shield. (laughs) Bree, you're not going to be able to breathe. I know. You're right. I'm probably going to wind up dying on the plane of oxygen oxygen (laughs) deprivation instead of COVID. And I'm not going to pick you up from LAX. I'm kidding. I would pick yeah. you up from LAX. Well, at least pick up the body, man, and make sure I get like a decent <laughs> funeral. I'm telling you, I went to New York uh, last month, and I just wore the one cloth disposable you know, face mask, and I felt I couldn't breathe in that. Mm-hmm. No, it's bad, man. And like I... Like, you know, my family is very cautious, and I want to respect their rules, but I'm a little bit disappointed because I thought like okay I'm finally going home and I thought I was finally gonna break my no sex streak because there are guys at home that I've known for a long time that I would feel comfortable with having sex even if it means like a new notch on the bedpost it's like oh I know them I you know whatever like I feel safe they're good people so I was like oh I'm gonna pick one of these guys I'm gonna break my streak I had the whole thing planned out and then my mother well, really my whole family, it's not just my mom, is like doesn't want me seeing anybody outside the family. So it's kind of putting a damper, you know, on the sex plans because I am very anti-incest. So I'm like, now I'm really in a fucking rock and hard place. I may be 25% hillbilly, but I do not go for that. So Well, you're pretty vocal about uh, how long you've been without sex. How long has it been now? Almost three years, right? Oh, yeah. I saw the actual date on my phone the other day because I was going through old messages and I was telling a friend of mine and I was Mm. like, I was like, oh, God, it's been two years. And then I was like, oh, my God, no, it's been almost three. Like we're closer to three years than we were two years now. Right. Because when we started the podcast, it was over two years. Yeah. And that was what, four or five months ago. Yeah. 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 So more, more than that. Yeah. I feel like my voice cracks now because it's like the pain. I could, you could feel the pain. (laughs) Um, And I always tell people like the first year and a half to two years, like it wasn't great, but it's kind of an interesting experience to have. And then after two years, it just ceases to be healthy. Like you cross the line of it being like a healthy, like unique experience to just being miserable. And that's where I'm at now. Like I'm like, I just want to have sex, but I'm also picky and I'm afraid to catch disease and everybody annoyed. Like it's just, it's just hard. You know, I, I really. Yeah, it is. And, I, and, I mean, you're, you're smart about it. Well, yeah. And I, I hate to say this, but sometimes I truly wish that I was the whore that everybody thinks that I am like everybody (laughs) looks at me can you imagine like put that on my headstone it's like everybody looks at me and thinks like oh she probably like fucks around all the time and I don't but sometimes like I wish I did I wish I had a quarter of the fun that people think I was having I wish you did too I wish you were having more fun (laughs) you're like I wish this frigid bitch would stop bothering me (laughs) and go get laid so, yeah, same here, Al. I'm born in the same boat, honestly. No, no, but it, it's fine. You'll find the right person when it's time. 
Don't worry. And plus, you're a girl. When you're a guy and it's been that long, you have to start worrying because you don't know how you're going to perform. There's no pressure to perform well when you're a girl. That's just the facts. No, I, I imagine as a guy, like the, the jizz starts to back up into your body. Like that can't be good. <laughs> no, guys jerk off most likely. <laughs> if they're having sex, they're most likely jerking off. True. Um, speaking of having sex, I literally almost prostituted myself for an air purifier last week. It was the air quality, you know, the air quality here was so bad. I was trying to buy an air purifier and everywhere was sold out because everybody on the West Coast is having the same issue. And I jokingly was like texting my friends like, will fuck for an air purifier because it was that bad. (laughs) You know, and then I started thinking like, what else like would I have sex? Like, what would I exchange sex for? You know, like. I wouldn't do it for money because that's like, okay, whatever. But like sometimes when you're desperate, like I'm like, oh my God, you know? Well, there's, there has to be some sum of money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. I like always think like, what would the cost be like for me? Like how much money mm-hmm. would it take? Well, actually I take that back because I know exactly the amount of money it would take. I recently was, I was very into Arab guys in college And then I kind of took a break and I was exploring other types of men. And then I was texting my girlfriend who had some friends that she told me were like brothers of the prince of Saudi Arabia, which I was like, how the hell do you even know? But she she was whatever. So she's friends with them. And I was like, I was looking into it. And a lot of these guys, like they, they allow polygamy so they can have up to four wives. Here's the thing, though. If they have up to four wives, according to Sharia law, they have to treat them all equally in terms of affection and finance. So I'm like, all right, a lot of these princes are worth billions, plural, billions of dollars. So if you're telling me that for a billion dollars, I can only have my husband 25% of the time, I'm like, is that not the greatest timeshare you've ever heard of? <laughs> like, sign me up, you know? I'll even wear the fucking whatever. But, I mean, you know? it's different when you're in love with the person. Maybe you don't sure. want to share. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. And I don't, I always say, I don't like to share my food. I don't like to share my toys, but. Oh, yeah, a- you would be so jealous. If you had to share your husband with three other women, you'd be very jealous. I, it's true. You you know me too well. I probably would be jealous. But <laughs> but I'm saying, say you, you got like a really just ugly piece of shit. Maybe like a, a 500 pound, just, you know, Harvey Weinstein looking fella. And uh, he wants just have, he wants to have a, an hour with you. Uh, what is, is there a number that you would take? <sighs> I don't think so. I honest to God. And I he, he has a million dollars in a bag. I know. It's so hard. Meanwhile, I'm like coupon clipping for Wendy's chicken sandwiches. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn down a million. I just, this is the God's honest truth. I just think that like deep inside, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I mean, just this week I had somebody, uh, like I have people offer me money all the time in exchange for nudes. This this week, some guy offered to just send me money just because, which was like the craziest thing I've ever heard of. And people were like, you know, my friend was like, why wouldn't you do it? And I'm like, I just, it feels wrong to me. Like, it, I, you know, and I'm You're not, right. I'm not no, judging. I, I, I totally agree with that. But a million dollars is a, it's a life-changing amount of money. 
I know. That's a lot of chicken sandwiches. That's for sure. That's a million McChickens from McDonald's. I know, but... I think if I didn't have like my comedic aspirations and I was just rant like you know wandering about in life, I would take that deal. But at this mm. point, I'm like I have higher hopes than just being like a high class hooker. But I mean, listen, if things don't turn out well, I'm not saying I'm opposed. You know what I mean? So mm. I might be. A girl's got to work. We might be moving to Abu Dhabi, is what I'm saying, Al. So just get your. <laughs> Start, you know, brushing up on your Arabic because that might be us in a couple of years. I'm not opposed. I'll be the, the court jester. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been attracted to, like, a Middle Eastern or an Arabic woman? I know they're not the same thing. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I truly love all women of all different colors and shapes and sizes. I think you know that about me. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially Arabic women. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, like, stunning. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one thing. I don't think... As a whole, most Middle Eastern women like me. I, 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 do, I don't really have a good back and forth with most Middle Eastern women. I don't know why. Well, I think they're used to like a more aggressive, like lay down the law kind of man. And we say all the time, you're a pacifist. Yeah. Right? That, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of the part of the reason. But it's funny, I was I was on the phone, as you know, I was on the phone back and forth with my doctor today trying to get a hold of my medication, which is like whatever. But he once told me that the a, a number of members of the Saudi royal family um, come to his office to get treated. Now, legally, he can't tell me like the names. That goes against doctor-patient privilege. But he was like, mm-hmm. I can tell you that there are members of that family that have come into this office. And I'm always like, please call me when they do and <laughs> stick me in a private waiting room when they're here at the same time. Who is this doctor? He's just bragging about his patients? No, you know me. I dug. I asked. I was like, oh, Oh. you know, do you have any? I was like, do you have any celebrity patients? And he's like, you know, I can't tell you that. And he was like, but I can tell you that some members of the Saudi royal family are treated here. So as long as he doesn't name them by name, he's Mm. well within, you know, like he's not breaking any laws. So and if, if you look it up, there's like. I think there's like a couple, there's like at least a thousand members of the actual royal family. So you could never really tell which ones it was. It's like a broad, a very broad term. Yeah. It's like saying I, I, treat, I treat a politician. It's like, okay, well, which one, you know? So I can tell you one of my patients starred in Forrest Gump in 1994 as a lead character. Yes, that would, that would be a little <laughs> bit too much info for him to give. But anyway, we're coming up on 22 minutes here. So what what are our parting thoughts this episode? I don't even know. My parting thoughts is Bree's a racist. No, I'm just totally no. <laughs> um, but Fantasy God, football no. is back, and I won this week, so I'm happy. That's, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. Al won his fantasy football league this week, which is great. Mm-hmm. I have no idea yeah. what he's talking about when he explains it to me, but he told me it was good. So I was like, you know, go team, go. How amazing. Um, and I don't even know what my parting thoughts are this week. I guess it's that I hope that even if I don't have sex at home, I return to L.A. to find some fruitful, you know, basket of of what? Of... um. Of Muffins. eligible bachelors. I was thinking of something else, but let's let's go with a classy term of just, I'm hoping to come home to a Oh, please, of- Brie. If you went on your phone right now, you can go on one of your four dating apps and you can find a guy literally in seconds. 
yeah, but they got to pass the vibe check. You know what I mean? And then yeah, also, so that's but, where that's where you're getting picky. That's why. I know. I know. Which you can be. You're allowed to be. Just don't complain about it. Well, that and we're also in the middle of a pandemic. So you quite literally have to pass a test to get into my home, like a legit test. And then there's also like a bunch of metaphorical ah. tests that you also have to pass. So 2020, man, it's hard times. What can I say? Um, but all right, I guess until next time, the next time everybody sees me slash hears me, I'm going to be broadcasting from somewhere in my home in New Jersey. So um Look, look, looking forward to that, I suppose. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be an interesting adventure. Um, but all right, until next time, you guys, the twins and Al and I love you. We hope you stay COVID free and we will see you on episode 25. Can you imagine? Wow, we're going through a quarter life crisis on this podcast. <laughs> Can't a Quarter wait. hundred. We're almost there. Quarter hundred. All right, guys, Whoa! until next time. This has been a Lug Hole Podcast.